Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. You know, people wanting to move to New Hampshire. Your name is the first one that comes to mind whenever I think about that because of because of the jingle Porcupine Real Estate Talk. No, even knowing nothing else about it, I know that jingle and I know Porcupine Real Estate. That's where I would want to go if I wanted to buy a house in New Hampshire. So, welcome to the show. And of course, you're a longtime sponsor of Free Talk Live, and you're a sponsor this year of. The Porcupine Freedom Festival. Yes, I've been a longtime sponsor of Free State Project events, and this is one of the biggest in the world for liberty-minded people. So I'm glad to participate and sponsor what I think is a really uh, one of the best events in the world every year for libertarians and caps, people who just want to be left alone. It is a huge event, certainly. Uh, the biggest that I've seen so far, I mean, last year was packed, and this year it's shaping up to be even even more considerable as far as events go. So what what inspired you? Was Were you drawn more to becoming one of the bigger sponsors? Because I know they have sponsors every year. Mm-hmm. But this year they have two top-tier sponsors, and that's you and the Goldback people. Were you drawn by the success of Porcupine Freedom Festival in previous years, or were you just... This, this is my, these are where my people are, and this is where I should be anyway. It's a little bit of both. I've always been supportive of Free State Project events over the years. I moved back in 2007. When okay. you purchase a home, you typically have a couple of contingencies in the purchase agreement. And one of them is for um, home inspection, which means if you have, the home, you have the home inspection done, if they find something that wasn't disclosed or something that's a really bad, like a failed septic system or a leaky roof, or something like that, then you can renegotiate the deal or back out. Okay. But some buyers now are waiving that. They're so desperate to purchase a home. Wow. It's okay. unfortunate. That, that definitely seems risky. <laughs> yes. It's absolutely risky. But a lot of our buyers are willing to do it. And they'll say, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? They, maybe the worst thing is, for example, you need a new septic system, and that's thirty grand. But maybe they're willing, willing to bite the bullet on that just to get a home. And also another um, reason that people might do it is is because the dollar is being devalued at a breakneck speed, and their concern is is that next year this same house is going to cost seventy five thousand dollars more. So I might as well take the risk um, in this circumstance. I can see why they're doing it. It's just it leaves me breathless. Like I I feel like there's constriction in my lungs when somebody talks about buying a house without an inspection contingency. Are you kidding me? It scares me. Yeah. Well, people do people do risky and stupid things all of the time, and I, I can't blame people for wanting to get out of the USD. And real estate seems like a a relatively safe bet. So the idea, the official, the sort of official animal of the Free State Project is the porcupine, and the reason well, is is it's the official animal of the libertarian libertarianism. I right? think the libertarianism adopted it from the Free State Project because it's no. just such a good. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you that's the case. I'm, I'm telling I'm you you're kind. wrong. Okay, <laughs> you can if you'd like. Uh, we've been we've been here and we've been porcupines for a long time. Um, the Libertarian Party has existed since the 70s? 1971. Yeah, and uh, they did not have the porcupine as their symbol. They were using the Statue of Liberty for an, uh, well into the first uh, half decade of the Free State Project, and okay. then they deci- saw the porcupine, liked it, and it works. It really works because it's a relatively peaceful animal, unless you are a corn farmer um, <laughs> and uh but if messed with obviously it can it can only act in defense and that's what we love about it it just wants to be left alone yep, yep. left alone to eat people's uh, vegetables <laughs> i don't know anything about porcupines um i i have to stand correctly well i don't know it's unclear uh 2006 was when libertarians started using 
the porcupine. That sounds right. So it was inspired by the logo of the Free State Project. So presumably, yes, uh, it, it would appear that the porcupine did originate with the Free State Project, which is surprising to me. I didn't know that. No, that's so, good. Now everybody's learning something. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. I did I did know they burn a, a wooden effigy of a porcupine here every year, uh, yeah. uh, analogous to like Burning Man or something like that, except now that significantly was stolen from smaller. Burning Man. Yes. <laughs> unsuccessful lawyers in 48 call them at least 45 states the unsuccessful lawyers want very badly to get into the legislature because they're going to get a, a regular paycheck and they're going to get um, you know they're going to be able to help their buddies in this uh, area they're passionate with is which is writing crap down and punishing people for uh, violating it and new hampshire just doesn't quite have that we certainly have a group of lawyers but they at the very least work for the citizen legislature mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm not entirely clear on how bills work in the state of New Hampshire, but so correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they originate in the House, and if they're successful there, they go on to the Senate? Both bodies can originate bills. Okay. But we have so many more people in the House that you have House legislators who will sponsor bills, and typically every year we have about a 1,000 bills that work their way through the legislature. Good Lord. It's ridiculous. <laughs> And so this says is what NHLA 700, is all about. 700 of those are House bills and maybe 300 are Senate bills. And then the vast majority of those get killed on their on the respective side. And the few that remain pass over to the other body and they do some negotiations, hammer out the details, and then it goes to the governor. But yeah, then you mentioned the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. This is an all-volunteer organization that's unique to New Hampshire where we have a lot of people who actually read the bills and then put, give them a liberty score uh, rating, if you will, positive or negative against freedom and liberty. When I ran for state rep back in 2012, and I won, I was the first legislative candidate in the country to accept Bitcoin contributions it's true. for I my campaign. That. I knew. Wow. Yeah, I remember Mark and Ian probably remember that, but uh, your listeners won't. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, we do a lot of cutting that. edge stuff in New Hampshire from a very liberty oriented perspective. Certainly, I would not have. Well, I guess someone had to be first. I'm, I'm glad it was someone here in New Hampshire. And I'm glad it was you. You, congratulations on that. So, tell us about some of the zanier stuff that's going on in the legislative session. Uh, Mark said you want to talk about flying cars. I mentioned the log thing that came to my attention because when all of these LSRs first got released, I went through. They just had a little short text here about what the bill was basically about. Some of them didn't have any text whatsoever. Some of them, so I just went through finding out. You know what? What is the House of Representatives going to be voting on? Some of the things were really, really stupid, like the recovering submerged logs bill or whatever it was. And some of them were horrifying, like allowing um, conversion therapy. Some of them were less innocuous, like uh, legalizing, uh, decriminalizing medical marijuana or I think medical marijuana is already legal in New Hampshire. It's it's very vague. Marijuana is decriminalized in New Hampshire, whatever that means. So what is this flying cars thing? Because I think at this point we should have flying cars. It would make everyone safer. And I realize to the average person who doesn't like to think, they think, no, flying is going to be way less safe than you know driving a car. Do you have much hope for this? I mean, is there are there a bunch of people waiting in line in order to be able to use New Hampshire roads as runways or what? Dude, I'm absolutely. Consider me first in line. <laughs> well, absolutely. The thing is, it's legal now, so we just need the technology to catch up with this uh, yep. allow, uh, allowed use. Is- but actually in Nashua, there's a small airport in Nashua, New Hampshire, where they're test flying these vehicles. So, so- they're coming. 
would, would I, I, I'm not, I don't even live far from an airport. So even if I had to take off and land from an airport, do I have to have a pilot's license to use one of these? Or would, I, would a ordinary driver's license work? That, they had a lot of fun d- debates and questions like this <laughs> d- during the hearings on this, See, this legislation. This is why I love New Hampshire. You ask a crazy ass question yeah. like that. It's like the house. Uh, if you're flying, about this. you definitely have to have an FAA, FAA pilot's yes. license. If you're flying, yep. that's way more important than but the driver's license. But you can drive license. the car with regular driver's license. So as long as you don't take off, you're fine. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you don't really need a pilot's license. Well, I guess legally, you do need a pilot's license in order to fly a plane. Uh, you're just not commonly asked for that when you contact airports and stuff like that. So, but how would well, getting pulled over work if you were like, <laughs> what, would they would they send out a helicopter and follow me back to an airport? And then it, it's very bizarre. And I, I look forward to it. I hope that we eventually dial that back where you just have to have some sort of driver's license because I don't know what the hoops are to get a pilot's license through the FAA, but it, it seems like it's probably pretty extensive and pretty expensive. Now, for those who listen to the show and have been listening for a long time, they, they will know that there's one issue I absolutely hate discussing, and I'm the least likely among the hosts to bring in show prep that's about it, and that's being trans. Okay. It's not something I enjoy t- talking about, just like I don't enjoy talking about the Crypto 6, right? Everyone wants to ask me about the Crypto 6. It's like my least favorite subject. Right. Like, can, we, can we not talk about the federal trial I have impending, please, <laughs> and, and the possibility of federal prison? Ask me how my day going maybe <laughs> it was better before you asked me right, yes. right, right, right. so i mean there are just some issues that i they're, they're just part of my lives and, and they're things that i just are part of my lives and are not particularly conversation worthy but i understand why they're conversation worthy to other people that said two things did happen yesterday that i wanted to discuss it's been weighing heavily on me okay so i don't want to discuss trans stuff but i feel like i need to to get to get this weight off of me that, that seems to be the best way of going about it. Now, the first thing we can't really talk about because the person it happened with isn't willing to talk about it on the air. I wanted to get this person on the air with us to hash this out. And I think it says a lot about, about their motives that they're not willing to talk about it in a public forum. But this is someone who changed their, their gender identity on their license to female, to female and they're claiming to be a woman and they're sporting a full beard and absolutely nothing about them has changed. Any jackass can go ahead and say, I'm a woman. And if they go through and they fill out the government paperwork, then you're going to have to go along with it. See, and I don't care about the government to, paperwork. I, I hear you. But what I'm saying is, is I don't care about that. Now, if somebody is uh, provides to me value, then I, what I consider is using your pronouns. I'm using air quotes here. Using your pronouns to be providing value. If I'm going to make the effort to sure. go ahead and uh, you know use special pronouns and those kind of things, somebody needs to provide me value. And if they don't, then I'm not going to bother with them. I just don't care enough. Um, I think the can, issue. Can I be in that? Can I raise my hand? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. You know, am I allowed to care? Uh, to not care. Absolutely. I just, I just, <laughs> I just don't. I thought that's what we were going for. Well, I that, that it didn't matter. That's I what tend Mark's to not saying. care. But pronouns are all about making someone else care, and that's the thing. Is this that in our case, you have to care this way. You have to care in my. You have to care for me in my way, and that's like I, I just, you know, this. It's beyond me. Um, you know, I'm old. I'm too old. I've I checked out before this all happened. Care. So with Aria, I can do it. And with some friends that I have met who've made the effort, like they're wearing skirts, they're growing their hair out, they're doing things that says, you know, that in fact this gender dysphoria thing I've been told about that I presume is true, um, that it's you know that that they they appear to have it. There's this 
overwhelming tendency of libertarians to to talk about trans people as this monolithic social justice warrior entity, and then they well, that's car- how the internet sort of presents it. It's not. Yes. And then they carve out That's what the, they told me. They carve out this special little exemption for me. You're like, yep. other trans people like that, yeah, but, but that not you. Accurate. Aria's cool. Yeah, but you know it's not accurate. I mean it's accurate to what happens, but it's not accurate <laughs> to the real world. Okay. Right? That most of the trans people I know are, are far more like me than they are the, the screaming Tiffany lady from Ga- GameStop that happened a number of years ago yep. where she you know, she started kicking over displays or whatever because someone called her the wrong gender. But before we left off there, we were talking about gender identity disorder. And I think these definitions are important. I think they get confused a lot. Like, gender identity disorder is an illness. And as we said, it's the condition where one's birth sex doesn't align with their preferred gender. That whatever whatever they feel in their soul, they're supposed to be. Is right? that a mental illness? It is a mental illness. Okay. But what isn't a mental illness? That's my uh, contention is, is that uh, I had a, a listener, a, a, a very supportive listener um, who... A very supportive listener that you know was contending that you have a mental illness, and I'm like, okay, well, if we were somehow to uh, kick everybody with a mental illness out of the Libertarian Party, we'd be in bad shape. Even if you have gender identity disorder, that's one thing, but the having gender identity disorder isn't the same thing as being trans. If you want to transition, if you want to be trans, then take the steps to actually transition. Having gender having gender identity disorder and being there a a, a person with a beard. And, you know, a five o'clock shadow saying you want to be called woman. My calling you a woman isn't going to help your gender identity disorder. What will help is for you to go home and shave that beard and maybe put on some makeup or something to actually resolve that conflict between how you appear, how you present to people and how you feel on the inside. Oh, my God. I you know, to have a trans person saying somebody's not trans enough. Yeah, you know, no, that's I mean, what's going on. Blowing my mind here. I'm not you know? saying they're not trans yeah. enough. I'm saying they're not trans at no, all. I mean, no, the they don't have gender dysphoria. Get to have no, they have gender identity disorder. That's the uh, this is this is the issue that I'm trying to get at, right? But I thought that's trans the was illness. the treatment. Trans is the treatment, but just because they have the illness doesn't mean they're undergoing the treatment. Well, I it's can like get open heart surgery even if I don't have uh, no, a, no, a heart no. condition. So we're, we're not talking in that direction, though. Okay, okay, we're talking about people who have gender who have the condition but aren't getting the surgery. We're talking about people who have heart disease. So we're distinguishing between trans surgery. and a holes. Is that what we're trying to do here? No, we're explaining how this actually works. You okay. know, no, how? gender. I did get disorder. Subjective opinion. If I go online and stream uh, Free Talk Live, it's always going to get brought up. Jealous? No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Ernie, I would love to be able to just do a damn show and not have people go, what's that freaking with the red hair? Nothing would make me happier. And this person's doing it as a, as a joke? No, dude, it sucks. I want to be able to talk about liberty things. That's why I don't want to talk about, you know, trans things. I want to be able to just do a damn show about libertarianism without having the trolls out there focusing on this one thing that I don't ever even bring up. So, um, what I ha- would say regarding it is, is that, uh, like, I've, I'm the opposite of what you are, right? Like, uh, and, and I'm curious about this red, self-identify as having fire engine red well, hair. Well, first too. you got to define opposite. What are you talking right. about? Well, what I'm saying is, is that, I the haircut I have, the clothes I wear, I do for two reasons: one, social acceptance; two, comfort. They really, I don't sit there and think about my gender or any of this stuff. If a rayon skirt 
was the most comfortable thing I could have could wear. And kilts are looking pretty good. It, <laughs> I, 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 well, I have a kilt, and I almost never wear it because I'd be uncomfortable in I'm uncomfortable in public in it. I I'm, I don't want people staring at me for the clothes I'm wearing. I want uh, to be I special and unique for my opinion as opposed to for how I dress. So I, I have want a, the same thing. I peruse the news a lot every day, except when I'm up here, you know, to have uh, staff put up. I get the links to different stories that I, you know, I go, man, I'd really want to know more about that. You know, So I send it and they put it up. And of course, this trans thing comes up and I'm just like, you know, I really it's not important to me. I don't care unless there's some real issue that's being I think is, you know, indicative to freedom and personal opinion and you get to do it the hell you want and I don't care. It's when I got a mandate or I got to do it, I'm going to be punished or I got to pay for something or, you know, something like that and, you know, I got an opinion. But uh, the one thing that I saw that was interesting was the um, Harry Potter R.K. Rowling thing. Yeah. You know, she said something and they just went after her and you're excommunicated from society because you didn't do it right or something. What did she do or say? Don't know. Don't care. You know, it's just, wow, that was, you know. The weirdos turned on her. Yeah. That I mean, seems, the, the seems... fans, the rabid fans of J.K. Rowling are weirdos, as I as I sit here in a wizard's cap. Um, and I know. That is awesome. He's got this big blue silver star one of my favorite Facebook groups is called cap. Harry Potter and the adults who should have read another book by now. Because, <laughs> because you do have these grown adults who it seems like the only books they've ever read in their lives were the Harry Potter books. And they are absolutely obsessed. Back in the day when I first started being on Call to Freedom and Free Talk Live, it was inevitable. Every single show, we would start streaming and someone would bring up the fact that I'm trans. Like like it's news to me or like the other people in the studio somehow didn't know they were in the studio with a trans person. <laughs> and I just want to do a show that's about liberty. Yep. right? That, that's what I want to talk about. And I want to live in a world where a trans person can you know, stream a video game and it just be about the video game. I'll never forget the first time I was streaming a video game and the chat was actually about the game I was playing and not about me being trans. It, it was like, wow, this is what it feels like to be a normal person and streaming. Because if this happened with you, if you were doing a show, no one would go, who's that straight cis dude there in the studio, Mark? They might say I'm old. You know, at fifty-one, um, that might be uh, with a video game. They might, they might, yeah. I, I, I could see that, I but in that general, it, we, it's not an issue you're going to encounter. It's not when an there's issue a video I component. To there's going to be a visual component, and yes. you are visually striking. And yes. you, it's not like you don't take time to do this, right? That's like, true. Your hair's dyed red, and I know it doesn't grow that way. It does not. So um, you're you're taking the time. It's and not because it's visual striking. It's just because it genuinely looks better on me, and it causes me to look more feminine than other hair colors. And it's possible. These people are coming to the conclusion, like maybe they're not even saying that you're trans. They're just like using the term freak, I think uh, it might be. Because it's not like that term wasn't applied to me and mine back in the 80s. No, I grew up in high school being called a freak. We were goths. In a trans person, the pharmaceutical industries has a guaranteed customer for the rest of their life. Every single day, they're taking one, two, maybe three different hormones every single day for the rest of their oh life, guaranteed. I, I have another incentive, another point. So, um, you know, lots my most of my gay friends vote Democrat. Yeah, not because they agree agree with Democrat policies. In fact, they don't even know what they are. It's be, yeah. for two reasons: a they um, they've been told that uh, you know that's this is the gay party, and uh, B the some Republicans dislike them. 
and not enough Republicans will corral those people in. So sure. um, now from a well, libertarian- it gets even more extreme when you're trans. I, I learned this with I the agree. Cheshire County Republicans. Yeah. Yep. I, I, yes, I know. I know that. Uh, and so that the the Democrats realize they can do whatever they want, so long as you're LGBT. Sure. And they're, they're a guaranteed voter. You know, basically. Sadly, yes, because they've they've fallen into they've bought into the slide that you know Democrats are the accepting, tolerant ones, and there's nothing tolerant about the modern Democratic Party. They're just as exclusionary, just as reactionary as the Republicans. That's one of the reasons. If you want actual acceptance to be accepted as an individual with characteristics all of your own, then you've got to be a libertarian. Right. You are running for president. Was it what? What is your party affiliation i run as a republican but with that being said i reserve my right as american citizen to serve all americans because we're all american we're all human and we're all worthy i think um the republicans you know i mean this is you, it, it, you have a good chance in, in some or a better chance than you do is uh, getting the democratic nomination so this year being a republican makes more sense so yeah I'm, well i i, I was a uh Actually, I was a Democrat in the past. Mm-hmm. I'll admit it. You know, I, I've tried to be active in the whole voting process. But uh, when I went to start this venture, I felt that I really aligned a lot more with the Republican values, so I changed my party affiliation. So so what inspired you to run for president? Now, you're a candidate for the 2024, or you're attempting to be. I don't know how that process yeah, works yeah. on the national level, but... what. What issue, I guess, inspired you, got you out there saying, you know what, I, this is an issue. I need to get out there and fix this. Well, you know, I, I get asked that kind of question quite often, and I have to start with saying that, you know, you need to be a little more targeted because we, we have a mess going on here. But I have three children, you know, and I grew up enjoying everything American. I had a great upbringing. I was one of 14 kids. We were never really uh, exceptionally rich or anything like that. I don't know if everyone listening is aware, the largest farmland owner in America right now is Mr. Bill Gates. He's not farming one acre of that land. That's an American asset. He has no right to have that. Well, he bought it. Yes, he did. But the thing is, this is an asset of America. No, it's an asset of Bill Gates. I mean, if he bought it, it belongs to him. But he's not farming a single acre of this. He's Mr. Population Control. He doesn't farm it. Right. I, I just don't. I I don't believe in private property? Of course I do. And I think people should stay the hell off it. Okay. You know, then why do then on what basis do you say that Bill Wright shouldn't be able to have this private property? Because there is we were the uh basically the breadbasket of the planet before and now everything's getting blamed on Russia and it's it's bunk. You know, it's getting blamed on all these issues that is just piss poor planning, basically. You know, and Well central planning doesn't work. No, no. Well, I uh, can somebody explain this Bill Gates thing to me? I'm afraid I don't. I'm I'm out of the loop on this. Is Bill Gates buying farmland? I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if it's yeah, actually buy- true or not. Yeah, it is. I've researched it. He's on uh, the largest. Well, it farm comes from the same people who are like you know, Bill Gates wants to sterilize the planet and yeah. you know turn Africa into you know annihilate Africa or whatever. So I haven't looked into it to find out which of these claims involving Bill Gates are actually true. But the claim is that he owns a lot of farmland. That's Jesse J. Brown then running for president. Now, Mark, before we went out to break here, we, we were talking about the United States as this this existing entity that has sort of a mind of its own. And th- this is something that I, I, I like your question because it, it draws attention to this reality, right? Like I have a federal trial coming up in in November, and the 
it's United States of America versus Aria de Mezzo. Well, <laughs> Which is who is our who is United States of America? Because I have the right to confront my accuser. Yeah. Can can you bring in Mr. or Mrs. United States of America so that I can ask them how I somehow wronged them? But what what you end up coming up with is like, you know, well, the prosecutors are representing United States of America. Well, who gave them that right, that authority to represent United States of America? It, it's it's a religious entity, uh, this whole concept of United States of America. That is their God, and they are pre-Senate, and they are representations of their gods simply because they profess to be. And if we were just talking about Bill Gates in the last segment um, and how he's doing things that are uh, perhaps un-American, I don't... I don't Somewhat unethical, that. I would yeah. have to say. And it seems like Bill Gates is America. I mean, a lot of the people who have been elected have been taking pictures with Bill Gates, not with you, me, and um, Jesse James Brown here. Um, you know, like, we would call ourselves America, and I mean, I think there's a good argument that we are, but there's also a really good argument that that wealthy people who, uh, you know, want what they want are America. And we're joined now by Jamie of Wormtown, who we're set up next to. Next to, I was actually worried you guys weren't going to be here this year because you like always beat me here. It seems, <laughs> and this year I got here. And I figured that was your spot again because that's where you guys usually are. And then, then nothing, and then nothing. You guys ended up coming in late, so it's good to see you. Welcome back. Well, thank you. Yeah, Free Talk Live has a relationship with Wormtown. So, can you describe what Wormtown is? Uh, Wormtown. We sell a variety of uh, global imports, uh, mostly crystals. Um, we. Uh, we travel around. Uh, our main uh, genre is music festivals. But I imagine we those are probably more lucrative for you guys. Than yeah, usually. But it's our it's it's our main bread and butter. But we pretty much do well wherever we go, wherever there's people. I do county fairs and street fairs, and uh, I started doing flea markets over the pandemic, and just because that was the only thing going on. And sure. Um, yeah, for me, I, it's like uh, it, it, to me, it's like a like a hippie shop, right? It's a traveling hippie shop. It's got the uh, the, the kind of pants, the flowing pants that you might see. It's got the uh, the the draperies with maybe ganache, um, that kind of thing. And the tapestries. I all, every tapestry in my house came from Wormtown. <laughs> oh, thank you. I've got like ten or twelve at this point. I've added two more, and I'm going to add one more before the end of the festival. You got this beautiful silk one that I've been eyeing like the last few days. How long have you been doing this life on the road? Because I, I know your kids are young, and I mean, at some point or another, it seems like you're going to have to think about school and that kind of thing. So, how long have you been doing it? Got I've any been planes? doing it since '97, uh, so I'm coming up on 25 years. Wow! And um, as my kids get, uh, my uh, I have two older kids that did go to school, and I would leave mm. mom home with the kids, and I see. go off, and uh, didn't work out so well. So that's why I have the camper now, and. Um, as of now, we're planning on homeschooling as when we get to the, the school point. We homeschooled and, uh, my son up until sixth grade and everything went fine. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just it's relatively easy. They, you know, as far as the getting the basics, the homeschooling curriculums out there um, are great and the kids will the kids will get it. I wouldn't be able to speak to anything beyond that, but uh, should, right. should serve you just fine. And um, what have you learned from sort of life on the road for that long? Well, um. Uh, I've learned a lot, probably too much to to say, but you know, in, uh, I think seeing the world from my perspective. I mean, I'm at festivals every weekend, so I'm seeing a lot of happy people getting yeah. along, and it, it, it seems to me that it's not 
the world is not as doom and gloom as you would think. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.